everybody. Welcome to episode number 131 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I am your host, Bill. And believe it or not, with me, as always, well, maybe not always, not always, not always is my co-host, Chris. Chris, <laughs> lightning has struck, bud. You are back here in the BTC studios. How goes it? <laughs> Well, uh, aside from uh, aging a good 15 to 20 years since I last was on the show. Um, That's right. You had a baby. Good. You had a baby, Chris. Yes. Uh, it's one of those things where you, the, you, I can't, ex- you know, if you've never had a kid before, I can't explain the feeling that you, you have when you first see your own child and, you know, unconditional love, but at the same time, the constant worry and, uh, and, and just the nerves involved. God, I, I never considered myself to be an anxious person until now. But oh, it, It'll you know. never go away, man. It, there's always something like now. I, I remember those days of my kids being babies and always being concerned that, you know, going to drop them or they're going to choke or something's going to happen. Now I have the fear of my oldest getting ready to go to college and going away to a different state, you know, within the next two years. So <laughs> it, it, it never ends, Chris. Once you become a parent, you are just a cluster of nerves for the remainder of your life. <laughs> Sounds like a blast. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, it's definitely nice, uh, kind of, to be back <laughs> recording again. Daddy. Um, per, yeah. Papa. Okay, uh, this is awkward. (laughs) And there's my son now, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Um, But hopefully we can get on somewhat of a semi-regular Oh, well, we'll we'll, we'll see, Chris, because we're already on take two tonight, and uh, (laughs) I'm uh, grasping for straws to find any little bit of energy I can. So with all that said, bud... We do certainly wish you the greatest congratulations that we can here at BTC, bud. We are very happy uh, that Kieran is home safe, and uh, we're happy that you're back <laughs> for the time being. <laughs> Until I'm not, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, Chris, with all that said, I think it's time we get into it. And speaking about being a nervous parent, tonight's tale is a situation that no parent ever wants to find themselves in. However, there might be a happy ending at the end of this one. We'll wait to reveal that uh, a little bit later in the show. But tonight we are discussing the bizarre disappearance of eight-year-old Catherine Van Alst. This case has been around for quite some time, but there's still not that much known about it. Even after all these years, because her disappearance took place at Devil's Den State Park in 1946. (laughs) At first, I didn't believe that there was an actual state park called Devil's Den. But uh, Chris, (laughs) lo and behold, there is. There is indeed. Shall I tell you a little bit about it? Please do. uh, Devil's Den State Park. Your hometown, bud. What you got for us? You've never heard of it, but it's my hometown. (laughs) Yes, I do live on this 2,500-acre state park. No, not really. But in West Fork, Arkansas, which uh, is in the northwest corner of Arkansas, this lovely park, which is open for year-round recreation, which has different uh, various hiking trails, 
biking trails, and if horseback riding tickles your fancy, they have that too. But it also has tons of different campsites, and they're very well known, apparently, for uh, an area that has tons of fossils. But not only this, this park is also full of numerous sandstone caves, bluffs, ravines, rock shelters, and uh, crevices. And uh, this will come into play later on uh, as we discuss this disappearance. Oh, will it ever? And uh, something you just said caught my ear. Because when you're talking about a landmass of this large and such a rugged terrain, I mean, it's easy. Oh, so easy to disappear and never to be seen or heard from again. One wrong move, bud, and it could be all over. Oh, absolutely. It in, uh, you, you find yourself... Uh vanishing off a uh, beaten path very easy to get lost like you said crevices caves bluffs yeah honestly if anybody fancies themselves hikers it doesn't even take a 2500 acre park to find yourself uh, on the wrong side of a trail or in the middle of the woods not knowing where the hell you are I always, and I, this has happened to me before, I've actually gotten lost, and it's kind of embarrassing since there's tons of trails uh, in these woods that are usually marked, but if you take the wrong trail, and then you don't find yourself connecting the dots back to you know where you parked your car, you can be in a whole world of trouble. All it takes is a couple of missing markers. That's it. Oh, yeah. In a lot of these parks, especially like if you're in a very heavily wooded area. I've encountered this too, where there's like hermits or squatters or whatever. I've passed by these like little pop-up tents before. And all you see is what's, what I, I would assume, the entire wardrobe of somebody just hanging out to dry uh, in the leaves or on the branches. Clearly somebody that was uh, not just staying there for the weekend. You go too far, you might find yourself uh, finding something you wish you hadn't. Did you join them by disrobing yourself? Oh, did I ever? We actually went for a nice swim in the, uh... <laughs> in the I, Chris, please, enough about your adventures in the woods. Let's get into tonight's tale. God, well, I mean, we gotta get back on track here. We have no idea what we're doing. We're, we're not following any kind of format. <laughs> it's already That's come true off, to our style. <laughs> it's already come off the rails. Let's get into tonight's tale. We're here to talk about eight-year-old Catherine Van Alst. As I mentioned, on a mid-June day in 1946... Catherine Van Alst went missing inside Devil's Den State Park. Now, we learned that the Van Alst family, Catherine's mother, father, herself, and her brothers, were regular visitors to uh, this great park. They would often spend time there on the weekends, hiking, exploring, and whatnot. So she was somewhat familiar with the area, which makes this e even more troubling to some degree. Agreed. And that would maybe make more sense as to why she would just wander off, perhaps... She went into an area she was familiar with, and then uh, things... You want to finish that thought? <laughs> <laughs> then things went astray. Now, uh, as the story goes, Catherine was playing right beside her two brothers, and from all accounts, her parents were very close by. But with that said, that didn't seem to help the situation at all, because within the blink of an eye, Catherine vanished. And that's the thing, too. And remember, we say this with a lot of missing person cases or abductions and certain things like that. How important time is, right? And, like, how long they've been missing. Because 
in a situation like this where the family's out in a park having fun, you know, the sister's off with their brothers, perhaps what they have done every single time they've come to this park, but this one particular time she wanders off, they have no idea when. You know, I'm sure the brothers don't can't account for when she suddenly disappeared or they didn't realize that she was beside them anymore because they were fishing, right? I think they, were, they weren't paying attention to her, clearly. So she could have been gone for hours before the parents finally discovered that she wasn't there. Think about how far away at this point she could be. And that's kind of what ends up happening here. And remember, this is 1946, Chris, so there are no cameras, there's no cell phones, there's no drones overhead. So really, in this case, time is of the essence. And don't forget, we mentioned, there are tons of places in uh, this park, different bluffs, ravines, crevices, shelters. I mean, there's a lot of treacherous things, mind you, aside from caves that you you know you might get lost in or you walked on the wrong path and you know find yourself at the bottom of a ravine absolutely so the parents and the brothers they're, they're basically shit out of luck i mean they do a quick search they can't find her so what the hell do you do here you have to try to go find help and then at that point in time get the police involved gather as much of the community as you can and begin doing a, a foot search i don't know how long it was before obviously i mean you don't want to wait too long. Like I said, time is everything here. Uh, before they notify the uh, park officials, you've got God knows what in the middle of the wilderness in Arkansas. Um, so this probably becomes a very dire situation fast. So Chris, you make a very good point about things that may be lurking in the woods at night. Can you rattle off a couple of the wildlife that call Devil Den State Park home? Why, sure. Uh, well, amongst the ones of concern, I would say the black bear, bobcat. Meow. There's, oh, there's one now. Uh, there's certainly coyote, which travel in numbers usually. And then let's not forget the uh, very, very dangerous eastern chipmunk. <laughs> well, listen, you're, you're talking about an eight-year-old little girl. So, I mean, that is going to be easy pickings for even a bobcat. Yeah, those bobcats can uh, easily uh, reach the size of a six-year-old. Yeah, they're they're they are nasty too. I mean, I, they're skittish, but if you, I, I'd imagine that <laughs> uh, if provoked, they're going to come at you. The hell do I know? <laughs> uh, that was uh, Bill, our resident bobcat expert. <laughs> but yeah, she she went missing, and then they couldn't find her. It begins to get dark, and then. My God, the panic must really, at that point, set in. I'm imagining for the parents, it starts to set in once you start calling her name and there's no answer. I mean, this is just a little eight-year-old girl, and you're you're in this state park that's over 2,500 acres. So within a matter of time, she could pretty much be anywhere. And then, you know, keep in mind, the wildlife is one thing, yes, but there's something far worse and dangerous that lives within the woods sometimes, Chris, as you had mentioned and those are the predators of the two-legged variety. Yes, indeed. And like I said, in the situations of those caves and stuff, who knows? One of them just scoops up your kid and, you know, that's it. You're, they're gone. And they already have a head start if that's the case here. Let's not forget, too, that the brothers are fishing. Um, so I'm imagining whatever body of water they're fishing out of, that's only another concern for the parents. You know, clearly a six-year-old probably doesn't have the best swimming skills. Uh, I'm sure everything's running through your head at this point and, and I would be concerned myself of you know my god what if she went into the water she can't swim and you know now your search area you have to think about the water and, and the rest of the park it's just it's got to be 
The worst feeling. Well, that's the thing. They said that after the family called her name a few times, they searched up and down. They couldn't find her. So they immediately notified park officials. And at that point, the large scale uh, search began. But back to the point you made about the water. As her brothers were fishing, it said that Catherine was in and out of the water. Maybe she was just swimming around a little bit or just going in up to her ankles. But the point here is that Catherine did not have shoes on. And apparently, she was wearing nothing more than a bathing suit. So, I mean, this only enhances this problem tenfold, especially with this poor kid having nothing on her feet. Yeah, so she's barefoot in a bathing suit, which, you know, it may be June in Arkansas, but nighttime temperatures getting in the 60s may not seem freezing, you know, when you're dealing with winter. But that can get cold enough, at least for her to need to seek some sort of a shelter. I mean, you don't have a fire or anything at night. You get cold. Yeah, I'm not going to say she's going to get hypothermia, but... Well, you'll certainly be uncomfortable. That's for sure. Although, children tend to uh, handle these things much better than adults. Very true. I noticed that my uh, my, my kids, even in now in February, they'll wear shorts to school. Which <laughs> is very unnerving, Chris. <laughs> and yet, if we uh, step outside for five minutes uh, in, in the cold weather, we, we scurry back in. Yeah, it's amazing. I hate the heat so much, but I... And, I'm starting to dislike the cold a little bit, but I'll I will take cold days over heat any day. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, enough about you, Chris. Let's get back to Catherine. So here we are. I believe the disappearance took place on June seventeenth. Okay, so here we are. We're in the middle of June in Devil's Den State Park in West Fork, Arkansas. Night has now fallen down upon us. Little eight-year-old Catherine is now missing in this 2,500-acre state park wearing nothing but the bathing suit and no shoes on her feet. Not having anything on her feet is such a big... Because all it takes is her stepping on a, a branch or, or something, a, a rock, anything. Especially if she's trying to venture off at night where she can't see. And you just cut open your yeah. foot or your leg... And that, that's Cuts, it. I mean, infections, whatever, you know, anything can go wrong. She, she's not properly equipped at all. But anyway, like I had said, uh, a large scale search took place immediately. And I mean, these searchers searched everywhere, every square inch of this park that they could. They searched for several square miles with absolutely no trace of Catherine. This search went on for six days. Six days, there was no sign at all of Catherine Van Alst. At this point in time, you have to believe, at least I think I would, uh, that you're dealing with an abduction or some form of, like you said before, a wildlife bear or bobcat had taken her. But I think you would see remnants of blood and maybe part of a bathing suit or not. So to me, at least at this point in time, I would immediately be thinking that she was abducted by someone the era that we're near in the 40s if someone grabs a, a young kid or something and runs off you know with them and then they could easily be mistaken by other people in the area that when they're putting them into their car that oh that's just their daughter blah 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 and and that's it you never hear from them again i mean they're that's how quick that could happen now if you were kidnapped in like the you know the 40s 50s god all the way i don't know when dna analysis came out but i think it was like the 80s or something like that but prior to that I mean, you get kidnapped at a young age and then you, you essentially just live your life as the, 
you know, if you're not killed, you live your life as the, 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 the child of the person who kidnapped you pretty much. Yeah. And, and if you don't recollect, I mean, being that young, you may not recollect your years before that, as you've gotten older. Yeah. You may never know that you, you were abducted. You were, you were actually taken. It's fucking frightening. Yeah. I was part of in the eighties. They started a program. I forgot. There was a kid. I forgot what his name was. He went missing in, in Manhattan in the, the late seventies, early eighties. And, uh, I think he was the first kid to ever be posted on like the milk cartons and all that shit. So I was down in that area. So they started having the police come to school and start fingerprinting us. Like, so that was the, the kind of the inception of, of, uh, that whole, uh, beginning of, you know, documenting your child. <laughs> and, but I remember my, they, they took my fingerprints and they gave it to my mom. So it was like, you know, I, I guess at some point in time, if I ever went missing, that they would try to match up fingerprints with me along the way. I still have the little fingerprint card, Chris. <laughs> it is honestly crazy. Before that, I, I mean, if you went missing, you were as good as law. You were done. You were just, you were never going to be seen again. No. And uh, unfortunately, after six days here, lost in the forest or state park, whatever the hell you want to call it. You know, no, no matter how much you want to believe that you're going to see your child again, you would have to think that, you know, six days with no sign of your daughter, that it's not looking good. No, and, and, and as you mentioned, the, the search area, obviously they factor in how far she could have possibly gotten. I mean, there's just going to be areas where you're not going to bother looking because there's just no way in hell this little girl could have made it that far, given her size, her stamina you know and and let's not forget you know she may be able to find water uh around but what about food things are stacked up against her you know the odds are not good here anymore especially after six days you know you could imagine after six days all hope is just about lost or or little buddy is it because i'm going to ask you right now bud on a sixth day, roughly seven air miles away and 600 feet higher than the place where Catherine had originally disappeared, the searchers came across something, didn't they? Yes. On the sixth day, they found, with a very odd look on her face, an eight-year-old girl who fit the description, well... Uh, we'll leave that to the, the viewers, who apparently was Catherine Van Ost, the girl that went missing six days prior. Now, here is the odd thing. So as you mentioned, this was seven miles away. Seven right? air We're miles. Air miles, Chris. Seven air miles. Whatever, Whatever the hell that hell means. that means. <laughs> away. Now, is that, is that how long it took a helicopter to travel seven miles? Who the <laughs> hell knows? Maybe somebody uh, listening understands what that means. But anyway, she's barefoot. The fact that she gets this far, but they estimated that she did a 30-mile zigzagging course. So she didn't just walk seven miles. They're accounting that she did approximately 30 miles on foot going all over the place uh, in different locations. But here is where it gets a little more bizarre laid on us she emerged from a cave now we mentioned that there is all sorts of caves bluffs crevices all along this place right so not unheard of and it it would explain 
why they couldn't find her, perhaps, because that, you know, she was in one of these caves. However, they had already searched this cave high and low. So how the hell did she emerge from this cave after the fact? And she just, it kind of was like a matter-of-fact thing, too. She saw the searchers walking by the cave, and she kind of just came out and waved hi to them, like, hey, like, how are you? Yeah, and then there are various accounts <laughs> where some of the searchers say that they were kind of spooked out by her demeanor. Because you yes. would expect a, a child at this age to be panicked. And she came across, you know, as more or less just a matter of fact, like, oh, here I am. But Chris, you know, that, that, that this is all well and good. And I'm very happy that they found Catherine. But with that said, and this is a theory I have not seen uh, tossed around much. Uh, I, I'll post both pictures on uh social media on Instagram. Now, there were pictures of Catherine prior to her disappearance, okay? And then there was then the, the famous picture from the article posted in the uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on June 24th, 1946. And uh, that was the picture of uh, Catherine when she was found. Now, I sent you both photos and... Uh, I'm going to ask you bluntly in a second, but uh, I'm just going to give my uh, expert analysis here. The picture that I'm looking at of Catherine prior to the disappearance, and then looking at the photo of her when she's found a mere six days later. Now, I, I get stress, being disheveled, whatever the case may be. But here's my theory, Chris. This doesn't look like the same child whatsoever. Not... At all. I, I I have to agree with you here. I mean I mean the the photo that we're we're at least shown here, let's just say that the person uh, or thing that emerged from the cave no, no. that Come on, day no. in Devil's Den State Park appears to be that of a sixty-eight-year-old chain smoking woman. Um I, that is the only thing I can describe it as. <laughs> this looks like, um, I, I get the vibe of a, a, a chain-smoking, middle-aged uh, midget, if you will. I mean, that, that's the vibe I'm getting because the, the facial structure, the bone structure of the face itself looks completely different, Chris. Completely different. Now, we obviously don't want to be too insensitive in this situation here. I mean, this you can clearly see a big difference. Now, could that have been... You know, she has been out there six days. She's been walking and walking and walking. Perhaps what we're starting to see is her skeletal structure because she's lost so much weight. Being a six-year-old, probably already being slight, you know, not weighing too much. Perhaps that's why she looks that, that way. Uh, but I, I'm even looking at the hair. How'd the hair grow six inches to a foot in a couple days? <laughs> Something's not adding up here, Chris. I I have no words for that because I, I I'm I'm not trying to be funny here. Like if you look at the first picture I sent you, it's, I don't know if she's with her mother or not, but she, she's drinking like a looks like a little cup of tea or something like that. It looks like your average everyday little girl, and then you compare that to the picture that was in the Pittsburgh Gazette. The facial structure is much different, and I understand that maybe she, she was gaunt and malnourished or whatnot. But I'm just looking at the facial structure itself. And the nose and eyes look completely different, Chris. 
completely different. Yeah, I have to agree with you. And I have to say, if something like that emerges from a cave, <laughs> no, <come on. laughs> being uh, very matter-of-fact, I would be inclined to perhaps run the other way. I mean, my, my initial no. instinct would be especially if it was at f- night fear <laughs> oh my god <laughs> listen <laughs> I, I, that, this, Chris is back this, this is the sort of thing that I'd imagine uh, climbs up the side of the wall on, yeah, on all this fours is, this is the stuff of nightmares it's like, it looks like Linda Blair when she went backwards down the stairs <laughs> but in all seriousness and, and, and then the, the kid comes out of the cave all calm and says here I am well, yeah, there you are, and I'm gone. <laughs> you stay right there. <laughs> uh. I mean, this is just a theory from us, because from everything I've read, there was no speculation that this could have been a different child whatsoever. They seemingly believe that this was indeed Catherine, and who the hell are we to say who wasn't? The point I'm trying to make is that the child looks very different, and there's a difference between being gaunt and malnourished and whatnot, and dehydrated, to... Having a different nose and eyes and hair length in, within a matter of six days. I, so I'm just saying it's very odd. That's all I'm saying. Right. And we, we do have very little. There is very little information on this case. If you very go little. digging, very there's little. not much you're going to find. In fact, almost every single source that has information on this case has the exact same article. Whoever wrote it, uh, it, it appears that... All the sources have the same exact information on this. Yeah, and I actually went to look up Catherine now. I mean, I'm assuming she should, she can still be alive, right? She was. It should be in her 90s, right? Yeah, maybe not. But I went to look her up, and there was still nothing. There was no conclusion to the story. I mean, I read something said that that said that she went back to the state park years later, but says she didn't remember anything. But that was it. There was really nothing else aside from that article in the uh, Pittsburgh Gazette. I mean, we, we have covered cases like that in the past, but, you know, this this brings to mind, there's that one famous case, I, I believe it's out of the 20s or 30s in L.A., and I, I think the kid's name was Collins, and it was a kid that went missing. The mother was so distraught that they tried to bring uh, the, the found child back, and she just accepts it as her own, even knowing, knowing it wasn't. All right, and we gotta we gotta do this case one day, Chris. This is very creepy. So this is something that happens, man. You know, maybe just wanting to believe so badly that it's your child. But uh, I, I don't think that's the case here. I I do believe that this must be Catherine, because we don't hear anything else about it. You know, there was no denial by the parents or any of the searchers or whatnot. But it, the, the the facial structure is just something that struck me as being very far off from what we saw of Catherine prior to her disappearance. Yeah, and obviously in this situation, I mean, she's probably wearing the same bathing suit. Obviously, her parents would be able to identify her. Granted, from what we're seeing, we can't. If you're unable to really, like, without question, identify that if your kid is missing and then they supposedly return or, or someone returns them to you and it, you know, there's something a little off and then you just take them in anyway, that's... Uh... Hey, but even the article is a little weird because it says... Uh, the child was found yesterday, and this is from, from the uh, Pittsburgh Gazette Post. The child was found yesterday afternoon, shortly after Van Alst had been carried to a tourist camp to rest. Three fellow employees of a Cam- Kansas City printing company who came to aid in the hunt met him for breakfast this morning, and it was then that they glanced at a newspaper reporting the child's rescue. 
Mrs. Van Alst and the sheriff had been unable to contact him since last night. See, this is what I'm saying. The father didn't even know she was found. This is crazy. So neither Van Alst nor his daughter, this is, this is crazy too, had much to say when they first met with the mother looking on. They embraced and later she told some of her experiences. The child had been missing since Monday when she lost her way returning from a creek to their park cabin. I just couldn't find it, she said. She spent her first night laying in the grass and subsequent nights in caves, eating wild berries and drinking water from pools. Oof. Porter Chaddock of Pine Bluff, Arkansas, was the first from a party to reach her after a calm, Here I am, I am. That's what we talked about. Answered one of her shouts. Her first words to him were thank you for being found. She was barefooted and clad in a play suit. <laughs> her body covered in insect bites. Today, a nurse said she was, quote unquote, getting along swell. And then the article abruptly cuts off, Chris. But it said that the father and her did not speak upon uh, meeting each other for the first time. So maybe I'm reading too much into this. But it, something seems off, doesn't it? Yeah, and you know, I guess it also makes you wonder, without uh, there being much uh, to say between the two, uh, perhaps the parents were fine with her not returning? I, I don't know, Chris. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not going to say it. You said it. I didn't say it. But I'm just saying something seems to be a, a little bit odd here. Because, I mean... If my kid went missing and then finally seeing them again, I couldn't imagine not speaking, not 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 getting an answer from them. What the hell's going on? First of all, I'd be tackling them that you know that I miss them so much, and then I'd be fucking pissed off at them for for, for running off. <laughs> normal, normal parent responses. It's just something seems off here. That's just how it was back in the forties. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if Pop Van Alst had the same thought that uh, we did that maybe this wasn't his daughter. Well, who the fuck is that? Yeah, I... Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Something's odd. Something's, all, something's off here. And, uh, and, and we have nothing else to go off of but merely these two articles and a couple pictures. But uh, all we can do is speculate. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's really all there is because there is honestly nothing about this case at all. Got a couple of posts on Reddit and uh, the old newspaper article. And that, that's pretty much it. There's really nothing, man. Which is just the sort of cases we like. I, I mean, but but how about us? I mean, Chris, I, you know, I don't appreciate you coming back with the negative attitude. I mean, we talked about a child that had gone missing and, and then now has reappeared to be reunited with their family and, and this lackluster reunion between the folks and, and a child. So something's off. <laughs> well, as far as the officials are concerned in the area, uh, it's out of their hands. So uh, they'll wipe this clean and, and mark it up as a lost and found. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> but with all that said, Chris, uh, let's uh, see if we can remember how we, we used to do this. I'm going to ask you, what says you? What happened here? What do you think happened to Catherine on that uh, fateful June evening at Devil Den State Park? Well, I'm going to play the devil's advocate. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> see what I did there? I um, see it. <laughs> I see it. But perhaps just given 
the insufficient amount of information and, and footage. Perhaps whoever took that shot of that girl, uh, maybe the camera angle, maybe the lens, uh, did not do uh, little Catherine any justice. And, you know, perhaps it you know really was her and she was just a little bit distraught and maybe lost, you know, a little weight in the face, bone structure was showing. And uh, perhaps her hair was uh, looking like that because it was uh, very stiff from it being uh, dirty and... Mud, yep, could be matted, yes. Very good point, Chris. knows what. So I'm, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to say that they did find her. It, it is Catherine Van Hals, the one that went missing. All right, that's nice. It's all well and good, but l- let me ask you this. You know, we said that she was found in an elevation that was much higher than where she initially went missing and had made her way over 30-plus miles to this cave. So, I mean, do you think she just did that on foot? Or do you think she might have been abducted somehow? Or some rabid wild animal was involved? How did she end up there? That's what I'm getting at, Chris. How did she end up there? Please. Well, that is the frightening thought. I did, that did cross my mind briefly, is that perhaps somebody took her to that cave. Yes. Um, which is is a frightening thought. If you read some of these articles, are mentioned of perhaps some sort of spirits that guided her to this you know, cave or something. Perhaps she knew of this cave, that this cave existed and, and was going back to it from one of her prior trips to the park, since we know that the family did come to this park more than once. Mm-hmm. And maybe she was able to elude the officials in, in some corner of the cave when they went looking. Or if you're me, if I'm going to look in a fucking cave, I'm probably not looking high and low. I'm probably getting the fuck out of that thing as fast as I possibly can. Hey, you in there? <laughs> exactly. Oh, one little holler, uh, clap <laughs> once if you're there, and then I'm out. And even if they clap, you run away. <laughs> Any noise, and that adrenaline rush has you running seven miles yourself. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's possible, because they do say, you know, she was in a cave that they apparently looked high and low. You know, of course, any official who's searching is going to say that, but I don't know. What says uh, ye? Chris, uh, I mean, now you have me feeling bad doubting the validity uh, of uh, little Catherine's <laughs> facial structure in this picture. Uh, I- I'm guessing that it-, it must be her. I mean, there's really no reason to believe that it's not, even though it looks somewhat odd. I, I just find it very bizarre that there's been no mention of this throughout the years. I mean, this is a pretty substantial case. I mean, child went missing for nearly a week and was found. This is one of the rare uplifting missing child stories that we get. And that's just it. There's no more to it. It's just that she was found and the story just kind of fades into oblivion. Now, I do think that the reaction of her and the father is weird, but that could be just, you know, the way that the story was written and it could just be just, you know, someone being lazy at the Pittsburgh Gazette and, you know, just using lack of adjectives or whatnot. And it made it sound like a very lackluster reunion. But my thought here is that I think someone tried to abduct her and maybe had second thoughts or got bugged out or frightened and then left her miles up in the woods and whatnot and just took off. There's no evidence to support that. But I I just think it's crazy how she could have just drifted off so quickly in in the blink of an eye and the parents are screaming for her and they get no response from her whatsoever. Which makes me think that maybe someone grabbed her and had her mouth covered and uh, had her immobile for a little bit of time. 
and then maybe had second thoughts or got cold feet or whatever the case may be and eventually let her go. But something just doesn't sit right with this uh, case, Chris. I, I don't feel like she just went off by herself. Yeah, I mean, it does seem, I mean, it certainly seems odd. She doesn't obviously mention any other person being with her, but who knows, you know, when kids, you know, perhaps the person said, don't ever mention me, you know, this is our little secret, and the kid decides to keep the secret, you know, like, uh, that's that's definitely a possibility, because she doesn't mention anyone else being out there with her. Yeah, she or it could be through she, a threat. If you say anything, I'll kill you, kill your family, whatnot. Yeah. I, I mean, if you really think about it, good on her, the kid knew to find berries that weren't poisonous because there was apparently some some section of this article here and that's perhaps another thing bill maybe you are onto something she happens to eat berries that aren't poisonous there's apparently poisonous berries riddled throughout the area but she happens to pick the ones that aren't to survive because she does say she survived on berries in terms of eating yeah man that's weird um that's weird and what's the what's the part about drinking out of of pools right yeah how would she know it's are, are we talking about just pools of water Stagnant. Did she encounter right? Well, exactly. But as a kid, wouldn't know not to not to drink that water. They're just thinking, I need water. Could she possibly have wandered onto somebody else's campsite? And then that was just a, uh, as you would say, a uh, a, you know, a crime of opportunity. Something where this little girl wandered into the wrong campsite. You know, maybe she was staying with somebody, or somebody did have her, and then decided to release her once they saw the search party come out, and then they end up finding her in this cave. Or, Chris, I, I, I'm going to go off of what you're saying. Or some poor soul, some vagabond who made his home in this cave, he goes to try to help this little girl, and he's thinking, you know what? There's a search party coming. They're going to think I did something to her. Maybe this guy was just trying to help her. He fed her some berries and some clean water, and all of a sudden this guy's thinking he, he's going to be sent up the river if, if he's found with this kid and just leaves. <laughs> I want nothing to do with this. So, yeah, Chris, I mean... I, I, Something tells me that this had to have been an abduction attempt because I just think that she would have at least verbally responded to the parents as a cry for help if they're screaming for her, you know, like I at least would have responded to some degree. Yeah, not responding to calls from a search party. Was that out of her own fear or was somebody holding her mouth like you were mentioning? Yeah, I, I don't know, but this is a weird one, man. This is a very weird one. So, Chris, that's it. That is the bizarre disappearance and even more bizarre reappearance <laughs> of Catherine Van Alst. So, uh, Chris, it's been great having you back, but uh, it's going to be even nicer <laughs> saying goodbye to you, bud, because I got to get the hell out of the BTCRF for the night. <laughs> so let me get the rundown so we can get out of here. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 gmail.com or you can get in touch with us on uh, Instagram or uh, Facebook between the cracks podcast if you would like to become one of our lovely patrons please feel free to click on the link in the show notes it would be oh so greatly appreciated so without any further ado Chris what do you say we wish to find fine people out in podcast land the fondest oh There's definitely going to be an outtakes uh, section to the uh, uh, <clears throat> Karen Van Arst. Do they want to give us a fucking year? They do mention it, I think. This grunge fucking article sucks. 
What was the last thing you just said? I just mentioned that, you know, she could have... There's various places to oh, get yeah. lost in. Oh, yeah. Brother, you guessed that this case is fake. Was uh, yeah, seriously, there's something weird about this case. Of eight-year-old Karen Van Alst. Kath- Catherine. Oh, shit. <laughs> 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 no! Catherine Van Alst. Arst? Or is it Alst or Arst? uh, Where is it? What's this fucking kid's name? (laughs) Catherine Van... That is when Catherine... What the fuck's this kid's name again? Oh my god. Catherine, right? Catherine Van Alst. Where the fuck is this bark? Arkansas. We are discussing the bizarre disappearance of 18-year-old... Oh, oh my god. The bizarre <laughs> <laughs> The bizarre Can we just quit this show? I'm fucking done with it. <laughs> That's it folks. 